You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Supercoach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all of the insight, analysis and the edge for season 2021. My name's Liam and I'm joined today by my co-host Damon. <laughs> you there, mate? How are you going? Are we on? Are we on? Yeah, yeah we're on. Oh, sorry, man. How are you holding up? Oh, it's been a tough week. Yeah, it's been a very, very tough weekend. It's. <laughs> I've just been trying to get over the... Uh, you know, obviously the the news with Rail going down. You yeah, know, the man. the man, the myth, the legend. You know, obviously shattered, devastated. I've, I, you know, since it happened on the weekend, I've just locked myself away in my room and and watched Titanic and the Notebook on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I've no doubt that you know, sad as it is, the uh, the great man, he's he's going to rise again like Lazarus, rising from the uh, the smouldering ashes. So um, yeah, only a matter of time. But um, yeah, best wishes to the great man. Definitely, and do you want to give our listeners a bit of a snapshot into your little, uh, your little creative side with uh, with with Rally this weekend? Oh yes, I um I've written uh, written a little bit of a poem for for Rally. <laughs> Let me just uh, just get it for you. Roses are red, violets are blue. My super coach team will never be the same without you. <laughs> Poor Rally. Poor Damon. Oh, but it's okay, oh. Damon. It's okay, Damon. Some of your other boys, they they fired on the weekend. Yes, that, that is true. That is true. Um, it's a good thing I've got more than uh, more than one boy in my <laughs> team. Got a got a whole team of them, so that's always good. But um, no, on a serious note, uh, best of luck to, to yeah, Rally, exactly. and uh, hopefully has a pretty speedy recovery and uh, can be back on the park if it is a, a PCL. I think that's usually about a twelve week injury, but uh, hopefully it's it's sooner. Yeah, hope he has a speedy recovery there. Let's get on with the show. Enough of the uh, the hijinks. <laughs> um, where can our listeners find us on socials? Yeah, so on Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at damoj88. You'll find myself at, at al underscore evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, just uh, search supercoach edge and you'll find us there. 
And uh, with that, I guess it's time to uh, run through how we performed over the first round, even though, uh, to be honest, I, I probably prefer not to, uh, in what will, uh, will, will become a regular segment throughout the year called The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Welcome to the newest segment, which is going to be featuring from week to week, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, which is obviously a, a quick recap off uh, off the top of just how our respective teams performed on the given week and uh, the players that stood out for both good and for bad reasons. First up, I had a terrible, uh, let's just be upfront with it, I had a shit one. <laughs> First up, scored 1,953, which you know obviously hurts to start slow. I think it's Maybe my slowest start in about two, three years, maybe, um, by a fair yeah. margin. I, I don't think I've scored under 2,000 for a fair while. But um, obviously, the injury to the great man was something that uh, that factored into yeah. it. And yeah, now sit ranked 36,504. Bang, look at that. Just, just way back in the pack. But uh, yeah, going into round one mm-hmm. um, and last week, the listeners would have heard us unveil our teams, which of course, um, no doubt changed as, as they probably would have expected it to. But yeah, just in terms of my structure, I remember I mentioned that I went with uh, a six man deep primo midfield, yep. uh, which I then had to reconfigure off the back of the fact that there was only <laughs> Kajitsky and Highmore as the only two rookies available in defense. So, yeah, the only two decent ones. Yeah, had to downgrade, believe it or not. I had to make the really heartbreaking decision in chopping one of my other boys, <laughs> which is probably, it's probably karma. I reckon it's the super coach yeah, guy actually, saying yeah. you're an idiot for getting rid of your other man, Walsh. You didn't back him. You had to back him in. Yeah, I know. I got, I got seduced by Cripper. So I kept Cripper over Walsh, but downgraded Walsh in order to get uh, short, Jaden short in defense. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that short up my, uh, my depth in defense. Uh, and then, yeah, downgraded Walsh to Braden Campbell. Um, so it was obviously an extra rookie in the midfield and upgraded Briggs in defense to short to give me the four primo defense. And um, I didn't have enough cash initially in order to do that. So yeah. I had to downgrade Hayden Young as well uh, to Jordan Clark, which uh, I think at halftime looked like it was a really bad call because both guys yeah. were on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of scoring. But yeah, Clark uh, obviously came back and, and scored 80 odds, so it wasn't too bad. In terms of running through the particular good, bad, and ugly categories at Goulden, how about the debut from young Errol Goulden? What a name, Errol. Goulden, who had a golden game first up, 139 points, which is just yes. absolutely insane. So, I mean, that was a surprise. Did you have him on field? I did, luckily, have him on field. Yeah, I was. It's one of the uh, one of the positive signs there. McRae uh, scored 118, Zebel 113, which is if you haven't got Zebel for some reason, whatever it is, get him into your team. My other boy Taranto, he's probably boy number three, I reckon. <laughs> um, uh, behind Ronnie's, no, he's probably boy number two. I yeah, reckon. right now he's Taranto. Boy two. Yeah, yeah, he's he's getting up there. Um, actually, no, he's boy number one because I yeah. don't have Walsh <laughs> and I don't have Rowley in my team now. So, oh my yep. God, I'm going to cry again. Uh, Daniel with 107 also. Really good pickup happy with that. Rowe, another rookie, 104, just out of the blocks. Um, really exciting. Uh, he's one guy that I was hoping Carlton would have drafted, but Adelaide pipped us at the post. Uh, Laird, 102. Then Clark, yep. as I spoke of before, 80. Highmore, 60. Dow, 60. And... Flynn on the bench with a whopping 140. Oof. 
Um, so there's a few coaches out there that started Flynn over the likes of Grundy uh, alongside Gorn. And, you know, those are the guys that would have scored 2,200 plus in the week. But um, good start for, for him. And in terms of guys that filtered into the bad category, I had uh, Gorn with the VC at 93. I was incredibly lucky and I was rubbing my hands together because uh, a lot of people were forced to put the C on Gorn. And I thought, mm. oh, this is my chance to whack the C on another guy. Um, and that guy <laughs> is uh, is a guy that's going to filter into the next category. But um, before I touch on him, Cripps was uh, was particularly bad. He was scoring quite well on the first half, yeah. but then just fell away. Only scored 88. And then for the ugly, Jesus, it was ugly. Neil, 77, that really hurt first up. But, um, you know, we spoke of as well in terms of his record against Sydney. Not too good, always uh, tagged uh, in his last two games especially. So not a real surprise there, but I was hoping for a bit more. Grundy, uh, that was a major, major shock, um, especially against his bunny team in the Western Bulldogs. Um, Scored a 70. uh, And then Danger scored a 92. And he was the guy I had the captaincy on. And I thought, here we go. He's going to have a massive one against Adelaide. I don't think he scored below 110 in the mm. past six games or thereabouts. So it was going into it, I was, I thought, I was a pig in shit virtually. <laughs> I thought we're guaranteed for about 110 plus and yeah, he only scored 92. And then the great man, Raoul, of course, it's a bit harsh to put him in the ugly category, but you, you can't really avoid it. I only scored the six and um, obviously put a massive dent in my scoring in round one. What about yourself, then? Yep, yep. So I did not fare much better than you. I did get the uh, the, the head-to-head win against the two of us um, if, if we were going up against each other, mm, but I, I definitely <laughs> do not want to uh, hang my hat on that. I only scored a 1974 um, and I'm sitting ranked three. Uh, sorry, 30,364. And in terms of like, um, I guess not not the best start for both of us, but no. I mean, you only did pit me by 21 points in the round. Um, now, why is that? We've worked it out only after we, yeah, we, we both very going into, the, into round one, both similar teams. How many players have we got that, that uh, differentiate? Was it three, three potentially? Yeah, I think it's potentially yeah. three. Uh, so Walsh. Um, 122 was uh, definitely my good. I also had, obviously, Golden, Zeeble, Taranto, Daniel, uh, Rowe, Laird, Clark, Highmore, Dow, and Flynn on my bench with that 140. Some great cash being made there, hopefully. Um, and then the other key difference I did have in my midfield, I think you have McRae, I have Merritt, who scored the 105. That rounded out the key differences in our good. The exact same bad and uglies as you, I guess. Uh, Gore, 93. Lloyd, 98. Not necessarily really bad but but probably was hoping for a bit more at his price and then yep. um and then ugly neil 77 grundy 70 and then i also had the danger uh captaincy as well wow look at this we're almost like almost like twins you know how they say that, that twins have like that is it telepathy like you know yeah, you can yeah. sense each other's thoughts and you are the i don't want yeah please no, don't. you're the many of, uh, of super coach so uh for my team to be as similar as yours um I'm, I'm pretty happy with that but now it's time to discuss the two hottest topics uh mm. in danger suspension and of course maddie rail's devastating injury in the week that was i don't care Alrighty, it is the next segment, the week that was, and um, yeah, 
I don't know if I can take this one, Liam. I'm so sorry, but it's Matty Ryan. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'll, I'll take over here, Damon. Um, so, so, yes, obviously uh, we had the devastating blow to the young superstar Matty Rao uh, with a suspected PCL injury, uh, potentially sidelining him for up to 12 weeks or more. Um, obviously, it's it's safe to say he's a, he's a bit of a reluctant trade, unfortunately, as much as, as we all love him here at uh, Supercoach Edge and, and in the wider Supercoach community. Um, we, we do have to, to move him on, unfortunately. I guess the question there is, who do we trade him to? And probably depends mainly on how much money you have left over uh, in, in your salary cap right now. So if you are reliant upon someone around the same dollar mark as him, you could probably look at a Timmy Taranto. He's about 40K less off memory. Yeah, 41K. Yeah, 41K. And that could uh, help you keep some cash up your sleeve for some uh, rookie adjustments in round three. Um, Some other options that you might want to consider could be uh, Martin, uh, who scored 158. Dunkley, who scored 113. Uh, Walsh, who I think would be a pretty good choice if you have that, that, that spare cash up your sleeve. Um, and another potential could even be Andrew Brayshaw, who's got the 125, a similar price point to uh, to Walshy as well. Absolutely. And if you have the cash, which is is probably a rarity, because I, I imagine a lot of people would have spent uh, all of their salary cap <laughs> <laughs> in constructing their sides, or at least I know I have. I, I don't really leave a dollar behind. Uh, but yeah, if you do have the spare cash, you'd obviously go for someone of the uh, the caliber of Oliver coming in at 656, 700 who scored 122 on the weekend, or a Jack McRae priced at 650-100, who scored 118. And those are the sort of guys that uh, you can really bank on a massive score from and are going to deliver value for for money, uh, even yeah. though they, they're, they're priced quite high. Yeah, definitely. I think um, another interesting point is just depending on your structure, you may even be able to use a DPP switch and some of the bank on some of the uh, rebounding intercept defenders, uh, such as Ridley, uh, Daniel, Stewart, uh, depending on who you you currently have. So I'd be looking possibly to move a lead into the midfield and then bring in another another defender who seemed to be scoring uh, pretty well at the minute with the uh, the rule changes. Again, we're channeling the same thoughts because that's that's the exact same thing that I was thinking of doing obviously with with Laird in my defense um and just you know the potential this the, the tastiness of looking at my team if I've got Lloyd Daniel Short and then someone like a Stewart or a Ridley yeah. and then obviously down the line swinging back Laird you've pretty much finished your your team your defensive line so and we discussed uh, off air as well in terms of, uh, you know, trying to pick the top six defenders, top six forwards, and obviously the, um, you know, what will be the top eight midfielders. It's much easier at this stage anyway to really pick the top six defenders as opposed to top six forwards. Yeah. So, and and obviously um, it's a bit of a raffle at the moment in the midfield. So, you know, you could virtually complete your defense if you wanted to do that. So that's a really good um, suggestion. Yeah, it's something I'm also also looking uh, to do, uh, but I've got a few other uh, options that are up my sleeve as well, depending on how I feel later in the week. Alrighty, and uh, the next issue, I guess we could call it, <laughs> is uh, is the Paddy Dangerfield issue uh, and the suspension looming over his head, which was referred directly to the tribunal. And uh, you'd think that at the very least he's going to be uh, rubbed out unless some you know, crazy evidence is table last second, like, you know, something that we see out of uh, out of a TV show, a law and order or something like <laughs> someone comes bursting through the courtroom doors like, 
Surprise Wait, witness. Hold on. Yeah, surprise witness. <laughs> I, yeah. Object. I object. Everyone turns around. <gasps> yeah, we were kind of chatting about it off air and, you know, is there a situation where it's worth holding him? And I think mm. yeah, it really depends on, you have to ask yourself, what strategy are you taking going into the year for Supercoach? Yeah. Like, are you playing for overall or are you playing for head-to-head? And I think if you're playing for overall, then, you know, it's probably worth factoring in how long he's going to be out for in determining, yeah. you know, when you're going to move him on. And likewise as well for head-to-head and legs, but probably less weight given to it because, you know, the head-to-heads don't start until round three. So if he does, you know, cop two weeks, at least you know that one of those weeks is, is going to be a, you know, this coming week, which is going to be a non-head-to-head yeah. week. So, um, yeah, it's something to factor in, I think. Um, but then also, you know, if you are going to hold him, it comes down to the depth that you've got on your bench and you're going to be relying upon, you know, rookies. And, you know, even though there are rookies that score well on the weekend, like a Goulden, for example, or a Rowe, you know, can you trust them over the, the, the course of Dangerfield being out for them to score on a consistent basis? We've only obviously seen one game exactly. so far. It's not a massive sample size. Obviously, um, but yeah, it's something to, to really think about. Uh, and then there's also the, you know, that can you really take advantage of the DPP swing with Dangerfield? He's listed as a forward midfielder. Uh, if he's listed in your forward line, can you switch him with, you know, a Dunkley or a Martin or, you know, someone of that caliber, uh, a Caldwell even, where you can switch yeah. those into the forward line and then play one of the better rookie bench options you know, off, off the mid, in the midfield there um, to score on his behalf. But there's a, there's a few things to think of there. What, uh, just a question for you, Liam. What would it take in terms of the length of suspension for you to consider holding him? If, if it's one week I, I'd hold, there's no question there. I, th- I don't think it's worth the trade. Um, if, it was, if it was two weeks, that's probably where I'm a bit 50-50. Uh, it would probably depend on, on my team structure. I'm not. I'm not sold as as you said. The rookie prices, sorry, the rookie scores are just so, so mm-hmm. volatile. I guess it's it's all going to be like, oh, but Rowe scored 104. He's averaging 104. He's played <laughs> one game. So of exactly. course, it's it's you can't you can't rely on the rookies. Um, I mean, looking at my bench, I've got Brockman and Scott who scored 22 and 56. I mean, obviously next week that could mm-hmm. be both scoring 60s or they could both be scoring 20s or one of them could be dropped. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do have I do have some DPPs that I could switch around to to sort of help that scoring, but it's still just a bit risky. So that would be probably two weeks I'd probably be considering to trade. Um, anything more than two weeks is definitely pulling the trigger on the trade. I don't think it's worth keeping him. I think the points that you lose from him not playing and having to to front up a, a rookie um, on your bench for like three or four weeks, if if it if it does get to that stage. Um, it's just you're going to lose too many points, especially if you're playing for overall. But even if you're playing for um, playing for head-to-head, you're going to have to rely on your rookies to actually score quite yeah, well. Yeah, spot on. I'm, I'm exactly the same. Usually, I mean, yeah, he's going to be a keeper, you'd think. Uh, he's the sort of guy that you yeah. want in your, in your team come the end of the season. But, yeah, for me, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're going to be out for, you know, two-plus weeks, it's that's kind of the 50-50 mark. And then three-plus weeks is, is definitely gone. Um and exactly. it really comes down to as well, I think, uh, that you have to factor in whether or not you're using another trade in the first week. Um, you know, ideally, if we weren't impacted by both Raoul and Dangerfield, I probably 
wouldn't even think twice. Um, I'd probably I'd probably put more consideration into trading him out if he was gone for two weeks. Um, but because yeah. I'm using another trade on Rail, it kind of becomes a 50-50 for two weeks. But I think, yeah, three yeah. plus weeks is the territory where it's just like you've you got to pull the trigger on the trade. You can't expect rookies, even with a you know a loophole where you can exploit and screen you know the um, the scores of, of the rookies on the bench. It just becomes way too hard to try and get someone exactly. to score at his ability. And just think of it in terms of the lost points as well. Um, for me, I always try and play for overall first and foremost. And um, you know, I mean, obviously, I've maxed out ten leagues, but. Um, it's one of those things where it kind of comes in as a secondary consideration. But um, yeah, the fortunate thing out of all this is that, um, especially factoring in mm. for Raul as well, is that you know it isn't ideal to lose either guy. But uh, the fortunate thing is that prices haven't yet changed, so you know it, it could be worse. So we we can exactly. now use it to our advantage, and it can be a blessing in disguise, I guess, because we've seen guys like you know a Dusty come out and smash it with 150 score. Uh, you've got Dunkley as well, which I know you, as well as myself, were very hesitant yeah. on getting in Dunkley because we're unsure of his role without Trelaw being in the team. Now that we've seen that as a bit of a you know, small sample size, but seeing seeing the fact that he, I think he got 12 plus CBAs uh, in the yeah. side there for the doggies. You know, it's those sort of things which we've now been given a little bit of an advantage, I think, out of this disadvantage situation. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So yeah, considering that we both were impacted, Liam, by the injury to the one, the only, Matty Rail, and with Martin staring down the barrel of a hefty suspension by the tribunal. What I'm thinking of at the moment, and we kind of run through the DPP switches and stuff, uh, I'm thinking of trading Dangerfield down to Dunkley, which uh, which will give, then give me an extra 51k uh, to upgrade Rail to Martin. So uh, those are two definite primos, and I think Dunkley, in terms of the forward line anyway, I think he's going to be a top six forward, and uh, you want to be trading out a Dangerfield who, again, should be a top six forward for a like-for-like. Uh, and then Martin as well should be a top six forward. I'm treating him like that, even though he is DPP. What about yourself? Yep. So I think I'm looking at a similar, a similar structure. I've sort of got two options that I'm probably going through. That's one of them. Um, a danger, uh, danger down to Dunkley and then uh, Rao to Martin. Um, but the other one that I am considering is using Laird as the DPP, moving him into the midfield and then bringing in um, a a uh like a, a probably a ridley or maybe a stewart uh just depending on how i, how I feel later in the week <laughs> so those are probably the two key options that i'm that i'm looking at um i think they they present as the base the best value for what i have and gives me a little bit of cash up my sleeve as well for the next week with the uh with the uh, rookie changes if i need to, to make any and with that uh let's move on to the next hot topic i guess uh which is the primo ruck woes <laughs> but uh like we said at the top of the show in terms of going through our teams anyone that started with flynn as there are two alongside gone <laughs> that's just chef's kiss i don't know if you can hear that through the microphone but that's a chef's kiss um Perfect situation to be in. And those are the sort of guys and girls that um, posted scores of 2,200. And that's why we're languishing behind. Yeah, so Gorn and Grundy uh, both fell to fire with uh, the former scoring 93 and the latter a paltry 70. Um, Now, a lot of talk has been made about the potential impact of the man and the mark rule, speeding up the game to the point where Ruckman are having less impact around the ground. You could probably say that, you know, again, as we as we preach, small sample size. But the one big thing is, mm. now you you, uh, you brought this to my attention, Liam, is that uh, both of these guys have actually had a slow start once before. 
that's that's a pretty reassuring thing, I think. Yeah. So in, in 2019, Gorn in round one scored 87 and Grundy scored 81. So very similar to uh, to, to this year, um, if you look at the, the actual scores that they, they put out. It's basically the, the, the exact same total yeah. score. Um, but then um, in 2019, they actually went on to average... Um, for the for the for the for the year, 128 for Gorn and 130. Wow. Um, so they definitely went on to. They had a slow start. I think actually a lot of people traded them, yeah. traded them out after that round one score. Going on, oh, no, um, it's all over. Um, but then obviously they came. They came good. Uh, I think that's that's sort of what I'm I'm looking to. It's it's one game. Their prices haven't changed. If 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 it seems like there's a really big issue next week, then maybe that's when I would consider mm. to trade. But it's it's still likely that these two guys end up being your R1 and R2, the, the top two rucks for the for the rest of the year. It's one of those things that you need perspective on because you're picking these guys for a reason and they're brought in to score from the outset. Yeah. You're not even factoring in anything related to their price in terms of their fluctuations or anything like that. And for them to have a down game in the first round of the year, not ideal obviously, but just gives you a bit of perspective. Um, and I even need it from time to time as well that these are guys that you pay top dollar for, stick by them. Um, it's only been one week, like you've mentioned. Reassess next week. If things go wrong, you know, is, again, the man in the mark rule factoring in? Is it look, looking like it's it's holding more weight? Is it is it more than just a, you know, a throwaway discussion point? Um, something to think mm. about. But even then, I think these are the sort of guys that you want to have them in at the end of the year. And um, they're not missing any games, so there's no need to trade them out. I mean, when it comes to trades, you're either going to trade out based upon suspension or a lengthy injury, which is you know covers both baselines for Dangerfield and for and for Real. So exactly, these are guys you got to back in. Um, and I've learned my own lesson a few years back when I started with Lockie Neal when he was at Freo, and he had a um, I think he's got a ninety and then another eighty odd in the second round, and I thought, oh, stuff this, yeah. got rid of him. And that was the season when he broke out and averaged, it was like 110 plus and I was kicking myself for the rest of the year because I couldn't get him back in. So I've learned that lesson the hard way and um, hopefully that uh, you guys out there heed my warning and uh, don't follow yeah. suit. There's no need to hit the panic button. And uh, just in regards to, to, to Grundy as well, uh, Buckley, which he came out today in the presser and I've seen this discussed on Twitter as well. Um, he was quoted as saying, uh, this is this is Nathan Buckley doing my best impersonation. Uh, we would like that uh, to be a legitimate tandem <laughs> ruck roll. We believe that Brody can do some damage for us in front of the ball also, so we weren't able to achieve that on the weekend, and we'll be able to explore that through the early part of the year. So basically what he's saying there is, uh, is he still wants Cameron or Cox to support him in the ruck, uh, and in doing so, uh, allowing Grundy to push forward a bit more, uh, a bit more than usual and uh, have some more stints up forward. So that I don't like hearing the sound of that because there's a potential there to lower his scoring ceiling and his floor. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he backs in Grundy to play in the ruck for a majority of the game just to you know get back into some form. And uh, probably a good time to do it against my mob in the baggers as well. He does love playing the, uh, the Blues, doesn't he? Absolutely. And we can touch on that later as well when we talk about our captaincy options. <laughs> but next discussion point is in terms of rookies and players of note. And uh, who's the first one that we've listed here, Liam? Yeah, so Josh Dunkley, I guess, is the first player of note. And I guess the, the key talking point around him is, uh, can we now select him with a bit more confidence? And, and I think the answer is probably probably yes there. Uh, we finally got to see Dunkley in a team that had a midfield of McRae, Libba, Bont, uh, Trelaw, 
um, and also uh, Baz Lenka, um, <laughs> who, who absolutely killed the it. Mullet. Yeah, so and I guess uh, looking at the CBAs, uh, courtesy of AFL Statsmate on uh, Twitter, uh, Dunks had 14 CBAs um, from the Dogs' uh, total of 21, um, which put him uh, just behind Bontempelli. Um, but interestingly enough, Adam Trelaw and Smith only had, well, Trelaw only had two, and then Smith didn't have any centre bounce attendances, and he did play that more of that wing and that outside role. So so that does leave you a bit more confidence in selecting him as a forward, knowing that he's going to have that midfield time. Do you think it was a kick up the ass to, to Bevo when Dunks was like, that's it, I'm packing my bags, I'm off to Essendon. I'm sick of you putting me in the ruck. I'm sick of you playing me <laughs> up forward. Definitely. Like, Definitely. Yeah, ho- hopefully that's the case and, and that's, you know, evidenced on the weekend. But um, yeah, I, I definitely go in now with uh, with a bit more confidence, you know, as, as a candidate, potentially uh, trade, trade down candidate from danger. Definitely. And he's just got such a high ceiling as well as a player. Mm. Um that, that he's, he's, he's an interesting choice. And I do think that, that that makes him a very, very good option in your forward line. Absolutely. And um, next up, we've got uh, the rookies, the all-important rookies. And thankfully, I hit on pretty much all the main rookies apart yeah. from one. And you're in the exact same boat because we're virtually yep. Supercoach twins, which by extension, <laughs> could you then call me the Maddie Rail 2.0? Well, well, well hopefully, I guess. Geez, I'd, I'd love to. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in terms of the, uh, the the performances of all the rookies, we had Flynn uh, in like Flynn, 140, yep. massive. Ooh. Goulden with 139 for the Swans on debut. Uh, massive again. Jimmy Rowe uh, or James Rowe, 104. Jordan with 78. Highmore, 60, which is pretty serviceable considering he's one of uh, yeah. only two rookies available to us <laughs> in defense. Barry, uh, who's the tackling machine. Um, I'll get up in a second. I don't know if you can whilst I'm reading these out, Liam, in terms of how many tackles that he had for the game, but it was it was just absolutely insane. I was watching it and he was just tackling like crazy. He scored 59. Cozzy, uh, that other second or only defensive rookie, 53. Scott, uh, 56 for the Doggies. Campbell, 56. Powell, 53. Hunter, the other, well, the lowest priced rookie option in the ruck, 44. Jones, 48, who looked pretty impressive for the Dons uh, as a player. Um, yes, signs yep. there. Uh, Meek, 43. Cox, 33. McNeil, 26. And Brockman, 22. And so obviously I just want to preface uh, all of that uh, with this. Don't jump on or off any of the rookies just yet. Mm. Obviously it's a one game sample size. We don't know how they're going to go, um, but you want to wait until they're on the bubble following round two before round three. You want to trade um, any corrections in if you need to make them, but don't trade them in before that because you don't want to waste a trade and have them dropped or injured uh, before their price changes. Um, just in case you don't know, you never know what's going to happen. It's put on. It's, um, you know, it's a pretty straightforward thing, but I think, yeah, a lot of people, do get, uh, I guess, seduced by the fact that uh, rookies come out and, and smash it in the first round. You think, oh, I might get a jump on you know other teams by trading them in, and then you know thinking, oh, I've, I'll use my two trades next week on you know another maybe a downgrade or upgrade or other corrections and stuff. It's it's definitely not worth doing any rookie movements at the moment. Um, so just sit tight with that. And just, I've pulled up the um, the stats there for Sam Berry for, for the Crows. He had a team high seven tackles, five of which Oof. came in the opening quarter. So um, I think in terms of that, uh, you know, coaches love any sort of tackling pressure um, and team pressure. doesn't matter how you perform around the ground. If you're performing 
like that, uh, you're going to get an extended yeah. run, uh, and especially in a young Crows outfit. So uh, if you haven't got him, he's one to keep an eye on potentially to bring in next week. Exactly. And I'd also be looking at uh, uh, probably Jordan out of that bunch if you don't mm-hmm. have him. I think I have the rest of the uh, the main ones there. Yep. Yeah, um, obviously, don't have Hunter or Jones or Meek or Cox. The rest I, I think I do have. Um, Brockman, 22, is probably slightly concerning. Mm. Um, he did have a have a reasonably good game against the Dons, considering he only scored 22. So I, I don't think he's probably at too big a risk of being dropped. I think Clarko hopefully gives him a bit of a run. He did he did manage to kick two goals, but I think he, he gave away a couple of free kicks and, and a 50 and a really bad 50 meter penalty yeah. and that probably helped to re- oh, well affected his scoring quite a lot there and uh, the other guy who I've just remembered who we haven't listed down there but um, I know a few people have taken is Tom Fullerton for the um, for the Lions uh, yep. scored 38 um, and as a key position player he is one guy that's um, you know I, I really can't see scoring highly on a consistent basis so if you haven't got him I wouldn't be looking at him because he may even lose his spot going into next week, especially off the back of a loss for the Lions. He may uh, become victim to that, whether rightly or wrongly. Uh, and the other guy is Harry Sharp as well. Uh, scored 51. And I think you've got him, haven't you? He's, yeah, um, I've got him. I completely forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it comes down to... I don't even know. I can't remember how many guys that the Lions have got out. I know, obviously... Um, uh, uh, yeah, Rainer, Dusty 2.0. Uh, mixed day. Mixed day, okay, yeah. So those are probably... Well, mixed day probably factoring yeah, in for Fullerton, but um, Harry Sharp may get an extended run at it. Um, but who knows? We've got to wait to see if he gets actually selected this weekend exactly. um, or not, and assess from there. But um, the next category is the established lower price players. Um, the first off is probably no surprise. A lot of people would have him in Jack Zebel, 113. Now absolutely mammoth uh probably helps as well that um news has come out about luke mcdonald being out potentially for for two plus weeks with a quad injury interesting to note that 55 percent of teams did start without zebel very low priced considering the uh few of the things that we discussed with Mm -hmm. him like the uh just his output and in general his his strange durability that didn't no. seem like a very durable it's player. It's almost like, uh, what's it called? The uh, Mandela effect where, you know, yes. we all collectively think something has happened and then you look at it and you're like, wait a second, I could have sworn. Like, I reckon the universe has altered somehow and, and they've, they've changed his stats or something, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, Zebel 113, really good. If you haven't got him, if you fall into that percentile, um, get him in um, well and truly. Uh, Fantasia scored 94, but off four goals, four against, again, a paltry North Melbourne side. Uh, it's probably hard to put too much weight against that performance. Wait and see again how he yeah. performs on the weekend. Hayden Young is uh, one guy that I really like and uh, had to sacrifice him. He was a sacrificial lamb alongside Walsh um, to <laughs> get another primo in defense. He scored 88. Clark, who was the downgrade, to him, he scored 80, looked really good. He um, started pretty slow and really worked into the game, though, and and, and really, you yeah. know, I think earned his spot. So hopefully he he keeps his spot off the back of the uh, the loss yeah. to the Crows. I think uh, Menegola um, is has a bit of an injury concern as well, so that should help him keep that spot. And I don't think Duncan's back in uh, yet either. Yeah, also with Dangerfield being out as well. Yeah, that's, that's also. also a big factor, I think, for him keeping his spot, which is good. Another silver lining there. Uh, Jarman Impey scored 64. He actually looked pretty good, didn't he? Yeah, looked great off off the halfback. Um, I'm surprised at his, his scoring. 
Um, he did take a really good intercept mark in the dying stages of the Don's game. Yeah. Still too soon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, so I'm a bit surprised by his scoring. Um, I thought it would be higher, but he, he definitely looked good. And I think he'll he'll just have to build on that in the next next few weeks as well. Also, uh, Paddy Dow scored 60. Uh, he started relatively well yeah. uh, against the Tigers and, and kicked a nice goal and, and really showed flashes of, uh, of improvement yet again from previous years. So uh, as a Carlton supporter and know him quite intimately, I'm, I'm quite happy with that selection and um, sad that he actually fell away towards the end. But I think you mentioned as well that he was stuck on the bench at stages in terms of rotations. Yeah, he did get stuck on the bench uh, towards the end of the game, I think, with the reduced rotations. I think he mm. he sort of played victim to that a little bit. Um, his time on ground was quite quite low as well. I think in terms of his um, his time on ground percentage as well, I was reading, let me just have a quick look in terms of his time on ground. Uh, well, there you go. He actually had the lowest time on ground, equal lowest with Gibbons mm. playing only 69%. So that was the equal lowest when you exclude uh, Oscar McDonald uh, being subbed on to the ground and Jack Silvani being subbed off. Uh, so yeah, in terms of that, I guess there's, there's a heap of upside. But having said that, also a bit of an each-way bet is uh, we've still yet to see Zach Williams coming to the side where he will take his spot this weekend. Um, So hopefully it doesn't really impact his game and time on ground too much and and his role as well. So we'll wait and see on that, but uh, I'm relatively happy with that. And then the other man is your man, your old man. Ugh. Danaher. Ugh. (laughs) He's got 54. First off, I must must gauge your... uh, I'm, I'm almost like... Just picking at your emotions here, yeah, but yeah, I have yeah. to do it. I feel like his I know first where this goal, is going. First goal, kicked a goal around the corner. Like, oh, you're pretty skillful. And yeah. then grabbed at the jumper. Like he'd been playing in the Brisbane Lions jumper exactly. for like five plus years. Exactly. That That's... just rubs salt in the wound, surely. Oh, I don't really give a shit about him anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know. My job. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think that's the point, yeah. though. He's been there for five minutes and he's grabbing the jumper. Yep, that, that says a lot, uh, but, doesn't but it? But we'll, we'll, we'll move past that. I, I think this just sort of cements it uh, with with our with what we were talking about with him. He he scored, I think, two goals, two off yep. the top of my head um, yep. and only managed that 54. He's going to have to kick a bag um, week in, week out to really have that have those have those good scores. He doesn't really have that high ceiling um, that you that you probably want from a from a forward. I expect this would be probably what you'd expect from him. You might see a couple of eighties, a couple of nineties if if he gets gets onto a onto a bit of a bag, but that's that's probably it. Awesome. And looking towards the weekend, it is time for our very next segment. Uh, it's debuting in round one, and it is I'm the captain now. Look at me. I am the captain now. That's right. Uh, this segment is all about uh, the captaincy choices and vice captaincy choices for your super coach team. So every week we'll be bringing you our uh, top choices uh, from the, the key players uh, for the for the VC or C role. Uh, we'll be discussing some of the uh, the, the the big options, um, players that that should go big or have have a good history um, against the sides that they're playing, and we'll also be looking at a few that might be a little bit left field uh, for those who like a a bit of a pod captaincy option. So first up uh, in our number one spot, I guess, uh, we've got Gorn, uh, who is going up against St. Kilda on Saturday night. He faces the rookie in Hunter at the Saints. Mm. Uh, and just to note, Flynn did score 140 against Hunter this weekend. Um, in the past, he has scored the 135, 126 and 133 in his last few games against the Saints. So I think he's a pretty strong option. I think he should bounce back after his poor score in round one. 
well not poor but uh yeah relatively paltry score yeah by gorn standards especially Mm. Um, in second place, I guess, uh, if you've got him, um, definitely would be looking at uh, Jack McRae. He's playing West Coast, the West Coast Eagles on the Sunday afternoon. Uh, his last three scores, 117, 84, 142. He's just sort of the, the Mr. Reliable, I guess, in that midfield option. I feel like he is just someone that you just know he's going to score reasonably well. Um, definitely would use him as the, as the C option. Um, if, if you do choose someone who is the v, as the visa who doesn't fire, I think you'll you'll get a reasonable score no matter what. And I guess the the somewhat left field option is uh, Grundy. Um, he does play on the Thursday night against uh, Carlton, uh, so I think he's like an, a possibly an ideal VC option. Uh, as as you've mentioned, Damon, he goes pretty well against your boys. Mm-hmm. He does. He does indeed. He actually he tells us up uh, on the regular. So. He's, uh, he's one guy, especially considering that he plays first up on Thursday night. Uh, for me, you've got to whack the, the VC option on him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, a little bit left field, I guess, considering the weekend score that he produced. But uh, put the VC on him, and then uh, if he doesn't fire, then uh, whack it on the other the other Gorn mm. option. But anyway, uh, let's move on to our very next segment. And yes, it's always my favorite just because of the soundbite. And it is, I gots to know. Hey. That's to know. Yes, it is. I got <laughs> to know. And uh, the very first question was sent in by Nick Pike. And he asks, James Warple's CBAs, do you have them? And courtesy of AFL Statsmate on Twitter doing fine work for everyone there in the Supercoach community, he has listed Warple as having 13 CBAs, which uh, was 13 from a total of 30. So he was uh, behind Mitchell with 24, O'Meara 22, Shields 21, McAvoy 18. Uh, and he only scored 45. Mm. So, uh, yeah, definitely had a downer. And I think he's actually got a pretty good record against Essendon from uh, just looking at his stats on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, he had a bit of a downer. Coming in priced at 474k, you'd, you'd obviously want more of an output from him uh, at that price. But, uh, I mean, given he isn't even considered a premium, he's yeah. more of a, a higher mid-price option, uh, if you can even call him that. Uh, just wait to see how he performs on the weekend. You know, a full midfield there for Hawthorne to choose from. So, you know, I don't think Phillips would have really disrupted any of his uh, CBAs no. considering Phillips only got the two. But yeah, just just wait to see how he goes on the weekend and assess from there. Second question was sent in from? Uh, yeah, from Mitch Guru Young uh, on Twitter at, at Mitch Guru. His question was, uh, it's more of a, a bit of a statement and a question, I guess. Got shafted with Luke <laughs> McDonald pulling out. Do I keep him this week? Mm. It, it sounds as though, I guess... Uh, as as we mentioned a bit earlier, that he uh, he is going to have a, a bit of a little bit of time off, injured. I think he, uh, he had a bit of a corked thigh that turned into a bit of a quad strain. So we're probably looking to miss a couple of weeks. I'd probably move him on. Just unfortunate, I guess, that you didn't get to get him out of your team before the uh, before the game. Yeah, he's one of those guys as well that you don't know. I mean, he scored well last season, yeah. but. It looks as though Zeeble's kind of taken over his role yep. as the main distributor, um, ki- taking the kick-ins as well, which always helps. That was kind of Luke McDonald's uh, bread and butter last season. And if he was a player that, uh, you know, he didn't have anyone cramping his style, as it were, <laughs> then, yeah, you could probably say that you could keep him for a, a couple of weeks if he is out for that. But, yeah, just in terms of that, you're going to have to wait for him to, you know, come back, obviously. And then there's that unknown about his scoring ability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, I'm in the same boat as well. Just uh, I'd probably move him on before price changes. Yep, definitely. 
Um, and we've got a third question here uh, from Lachlan Hinckley, who was on Twitter at, at Hinckley35. Is Andrew Brayshaw a good pick for Matty Rao? Yes, I would uh, I would say he is a, a decent selection. Last year, he averaged uh, 101.2 going mm. up from 70.5 in 2019. And uh, as we saw, he had a... He just took his game to another level, especially in the back half of of, uh, of last year. Yeah, um, definitely. And he went on a run of games there, uh, six games in a row, where he scored 144, 122, 102, 136, 150. So he does really have a high ceiling, and he's one of those new guys uh, from the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like the new kids in the block, I yeah, imagine, definitely. like him, Walshy, uh, Real. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I won't break down this time. <laughs> But yeah, you can put him in those that next bracket, the next tier uh, coming through that you can really select with confidence. So yeah, he's definitely one yeah. that uh, that I would I would select, and he's probably I'll just have a quick look. He might be a bit of a point of difference as well. You know, that's obviously something to factor in as well because yeah. you can get a bit of an edge over over opponents. He's got two he's in two percent of teams. Wow, that's quite low. Yeah, that's amazing. Especially considering is at a very similar price point to a to a Sam Walsh. Yeah. Yeah, it's very surprising. But yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely consider him coming in at 544, 200. So um, yeah, if you're strapped for cash, uh, he is one to consider. Absolutely. Pretty easy trade up there. And in terms of, uh, we've got uh, oh, another one, a late entry, oh. which is more of a um, more of a, a statement than a question, <laughs> but I'll read it out because it is um, quite funny. Get off Grundy. <laughs> the one million in his back pocket is prohibiting him so he can't jump. <laughs> very, very good, um, good stuff there, uh, Tom. And with that, we've come to the end of the show. But before we wrap up, let's just mention our competition that we've got running at the moment. As we mentioned on the last pod, we have a uh, exciting competition for exclusive access to our Supercoach Edge Discord uh, for free. But we do have an exciting announcement. That's right. Due to popular demand, we're increasing the number of spots available uh, to 15. So that's an extra five spots available. Um, we're also going to extend uh, the deadline until Friday night. So to enter, you just have to follow us on Twitter, uh, retweet the competition post and DM us with the secret code word, which is... Oh, delicious. And good luck. Yes, that's right. So uh, jump in. Uh, we had a bevy of people streaming into our DMs, uh, sending through that secret code word. And uh, you'll be surprised. You'll actually be in the running. And don't be don't be afraid because we're not going to select the first 10 to 15 people that DM'd us. We're no. going to be doing it at random. So uh, you are definitely in the running. Yeah. So before we finish up, I just wanted to uh, shout out the top scorer in our Supercoach Edge uh, group on Supercoach. Mm. Harley at Longsleeve Energy finished round one in top spot with a whopping score of 23.53. And uh, also just he's 12th overall. Great work, Harley. Jesus. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, well all done. Right. Put us to shame. <laughs> well and truly. Uh, so if you do want to enter the Supercoach group, uh, the code is 798296. 798296 and the overall winner at the end of the season uh, will get their their hands on a Supercoach Championship ring from the guys at our Supercoach Championship rings. Uh, they're absolute legends down there. So definitely uh, check them out. You can find them on our Twitter at, at SCRings underscore and online. Uh, their website is uh, supercoachchampion.com. Uh, so the winner will also feature on our uh, final podcast of the Supercoach season. So make sure to enter to be in the running. Absolutely. Jump on that. Free to enter. And uh, yeah, this um, Supercoach ring, which retails at $99, is up for grabs. So uh, again, jump into it. Free to free to do so. And uh, best of luck to those that have entered and those that are going to. 
And uh, before we wrap up, let's just remind people where they can find us on socials. Yep, definitely. So on Twitter, you can uh, message us or hit us up at at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at at damoj88, myself at at al underscore evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, we'll find us at Supercoach Edge. Um, and our email is aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to hit us up on any of those channels. We're very happy to look at teams, look at potential trades, and also look at captaincy options. So just hit us up there. And uh, sorry, just quickly, I almost forgot, but uh, we do have a Patreon as well. So if anyone out there does you know, like to support us and uh, support me because I've been, um, I've been eating my, my sorrows away. Um, not really. I shouldn't say <laughs> that. Get a new budget of ice cream and, and cookie dough. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I actually do have a tub and you can see this. You can, you can <laughs> throw this off the tub on Rainbow Paddle Pop. He's eating it straight out of the tub. There's this and massive spoon. A massive spoon and it's all gone. I reckon there was probably about a quarter of that left. So It's okay, Damon. <laughs> it's, that, is, that is without a word of a lie. That is 100%. You can confirm this, Liam. It, it, is, it is true. I, I am watching it. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to uh, back to the point. So in terms of the two tiers that we've got, uh, we've got one for $5, which gives you access to the Discord. So if you uh, unfortunately miss out to one of the exclusive 15 spots that we have up on offer, you can uh, access it through this $5 per month. Patreon, which is the value of $1.25 per show uh, in terms of support. So that's less than a coffee. So jump on that if you can afford it, of course. And then the second tier is $10 a month, which comes to $2.50 support per show, which again gives you access to the Discord, but also goes to another level where you get access to an exclusive Q&A video chat with Liam and myself where you can pick our brains. And with that, uh, we've come to the very, very end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much again for tuning in and uh, and listening listening to uh, to me sob <laughs> like crazy over over Matty Rowell uh, like an idiot. But um, yeah, hopefully you had a good weekend in terms of scoring. Probably not too hard <laughs> considering <laughs> that we bombed it. Uh, and best of luck for round two. Yeah, see you next week, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.